coming to you from the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios, this is The Right Hash. The Right Hash is brought to you by Slim Sweets and by Speedy Custom Sneakers. Now, let's spark it up with your hosts, Luke Nadkarni and Alex Thompson. Very pleasant good afternoon and welcome to the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios. Once again, quick turnaround here on the right hash, right at the beginning, in the middle of, kind of at still on the front end, I would say, of the most wonderful time of the year, and that being March, conference tournaments going on. We're in the midst of it as we speak. Uh, that's why we're coming to you a little quicker turnaround from uh, our last show, which was on Saturday uh, with Zach Burhans. Uh, but Luke Carney, Alex Thompson with you here on the right hash, and we are here to cram a lot of football and basketball talk into a new show format we've decided to go. Um, so we're going to be dividing the show roughly into four equal parts, four quarters. And I, I, will, uh, I will add a sound effect at the end of each quarter that will signify a, a transition. And that's, that's, that's kind of for future me to, uh, <clears throat> to remember to do, but I will. Because this is the right hash, and the right hash is the best. And Alex, the last few week, days have been the best because – you, you were talking about this just before we pushed record. As football, football-centric football people, we think that it's over after the Super Bowl, but it just really isn't. Yeah, I mean, even football's not over. Like, we could almost just remove basketball from this week, and it still would have been hard to keep up with. Um, throw in conference tournaments, you know, and, and end of the regular season last week as people were fighting, as teams were fighting for seeding, but... Conference tournaments this week, obviously going into the big dance next week. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of easy as football people to just think, all right, well, I'm going to have the next eight months off with nothing to do. Uh, hold your horses. Wait until you get past April. After April, it's kind of like that. But, uh, man, I too much to even talk about to listen to me pontificate at this moment. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um we are going to divide, like I said, divide the show into four roughly equal segments, four quarters. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the right hash. Uh, drop us a note, see how you feel about this new show format. Let us know what you think. Uh, we, we like to hear what people think. And anyway, let's kick off the first quarter. Uh, lots of deals gone down uh, in the NFL since we last talked. And we had Zach Burhans, a big Denver Broncos fan, on on Saturday. And we wish we'd had him on. A couple days later, because the Broncos trading a lot of picks for Russell Wilson. And eventually, you know, they they were one of the teams that was supposedly in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, which I think we're we're all realizing were kind of phony in the first place. And Broncos end up being the winners by having the most to send to a Seattle team that I think is going to rebuild. And um, it appears that Drew Locke is at least going to be in the mix for the starting position, if not the starter week one. You know, I think that's coming more into question because uh, there, there, there's been some there's been some words out of both uh, Seattle and Minnesota camps that Seattle is angling to get one Hercules Cousins um, to uh, to I guess not miss a beat. Of course, that's still in its infancy kind of rumor stage, but they do have two really good wide receivers still. Um, they're going to have Noah Fant in addition to the rest of the tight ends they have. Their running back room is extremely 
stout top to bottom. Considering they all get injured, they don't really miss a beat from Chris Carson to Rashad Penny. We'll see what Rashad Penny does. Um, uh, so, you know, that outside of the offensive line, I mean, they still have a ton to work with on offense. Um, I'm not sure Kirk is what I would do considering how much he's going to cost and how much of a negligible cost that is compared to Russell. But, um, yeah, it's been a fun a fun off season so far, you know, as soon as the, uh, the, the tag deadline hit is kind of when the dominoes started to fall, which was uh, Tuesday. Uh, just to recap kind of what's happened up to this point, March 10th, um, 2022, Aaron Rodgers re-signs with the Packers, uh, reported four-year $200 million deal. Some of the details are refuted by Pat McAfee, but everyone knows Rodgers is coming back for, for at least the next year. Um, Russell Wilson, as you said, traded to the Broncos for two firsts, two seconds, Locke, Fant, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, Carson Wentz has been uh, has been traded to your Washington Commanders. We'll touch on that here in a second. Uh, Bobby Wagner was released from the Seahawks. So a oh, big facelift happening in Seattle right now. Harold Landry signs a five-year extension with the Titans. Good deal for him. Great Chris player, Carson. too, contrary to what yeah. past guests have said on this show. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> Chris Godwin tagged by the Bucks. Uh, Devontae Adams tagged by the Packers. Cam Robinson tagged by the Jags. Dalton Schultz tagged by Dallas. Gusecki tagged by Miami. Um, and Mike Williams signing a three-year contract extension with the Chargers, which is average annual value, the same money as what Devontae Adams is getting paid. So, uh, a lot of stuff has happened so far, and I'll throw in there also Calvin Ridley getting suspended for the 2022 season. That throws a little bit of a, a wrinkle into the wide receiver market, um, as I think it was expected. He might have been traded out of Atlanta to a wide receiver-needed team. So that's just one one less one less body for the hungry sharks to, to snap up in this offseason. Um, so there's our recap. Um, obviously – you just touched on Russell Wilson, but I want to throw it back to you briefly. We're going to talk about this at length next week, hopefully with our good friend Armand Kuchecki, also a Washington Commanders fan. But I, I just just give us a nice surface level recap, your opinion, you know, kind of what it signals to you of Carson Wentz being traded to Washington. <clears throat> well, and I want to mention that the first subject of this first quarter is what Alex just rang off moves in the NFL that have been made to this point. Second quarter of our show will be moves that we kind of want to see made more on a personal level uh, in the future of free agency. But to that, to that extent, I, I kind of like it, man. It's, it's, it's a low risk move. He was one of the lowest risk uh, quarterbacks out there taking away injury risk. I just mean kind of like the way he plays um, now that, you know, Russell Wilson was off the market. Um, and they, the key here is what they gave up, or more, what they didn't give up, and that's a first-round draft pick. Sure, they're sinking a lot of money into this first year, and if he continues with the team, still money into that second and third year. But they can cut him next year, or at the end of next year, at no cap hit, no dead money. They only gave up two draft picks, a, a third this year, and a third next year that could become a second, and they swapped seconds with Indianapolis this season. And then also was reported today, just got a seventh rounder out of it too. Yep. So really they just, they, it's more or less a straight swap uh, of, of 
two picks for a player could be a second rounder, could be a third rounder or two third rounders. And we still have a first rounder to do whatever we want with. Yeah, that's a, you know, my initial knee jerk reaction was obviously just, uh, I I laughed because it's, I I had heard how Washington had talked about Carson Wentz when he was an Eagle and hearing Mm -hmm. So some folks double down on it. Some folks backtrack on it. Uh, it just it's just entertaining to watch fan bases have their their knee jerk reactions to things. So I think I enjoyed that more. But what, like you said, when you boil it down to nuts and bolts of what this trade is, Washington didn't have really anybody they were looking to pay this year. I mean, you're you're hoping to save a lot of cap room for Terry McLaurin. Um, obviously, with the news today releasing. Uh, Landry Collins and not resigning him Collins, long term. Yeah, 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 La- uh, yeah. Landon Collins, yeah. Um, Harold Landry, <laughs> Harold Landry, and Landon Collins. Yes, uh, Landon Collins getting released today just could not come to terms. I think he's wanting in like he, he he's wanting in the Harold Landry uh, range, and he's just not that good of a linebacker hybrid type of yeah, vi- like, viper, just, the viper position as they call it. Yeah, it's just that position's not worth like what a Harold Landry's getting paid, and that's what he wanted. And so I I understand letting him go. But yeah, it's the worst thing. Washington's a team that had a little bit of cap room to play with. Uh, Like you said, it's it's he's not guaranteed anything past this year. You're still likely going to take a quarterback to develop. If you if you don't, I don't know what you're doing. Um, I don't know who that is. I don't know if it's going to be in the first round, maybe in the second round. We'll see. Uh, I think I texted you yesterday, or uh, I texted a buddy, that Matt Corral was an, uh, what I thought was a great fit there, um, especially if you can snag him in the second, third round. Uh, consider, I, I had heard Matt Corral's name thrown around in the first round for Washington after the season ended. Um, so it's it's going to be really interesting. I I I like the trade. I just don't think – it's a trade that you're making to be competitive this year. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're upgrading at a position you need to upgrade, but ultimately it's not who you wanted as the first choice, like, or as one a or one B like Rogers or Wilson or someone else. would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about, uh, about this move and what it means for the commanders rest of the roster uh, when Armand joins us next week. Um, but for other moves that, that were made here, um, Dallas franchising Dalton Schultz is an interesting move to me because the tight end position uh, is not paid as highly. And to be sinking that much money into a guy who isn't Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, it, and you also cut Amari Cooper in favor of Michael Gallup, who's coming off of a torn ACL. That, those, are, those are perplexing moves to me. But it also means Dallas is probably looking to invest in its defense. Well, and what we've seen, Dallas is not the only team that, that did that. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Mike Kosicki from Miami yeah, got tagged. Uh, David, David Njoku from the Browns also got tagged. But none of these guys are Kelsey or Kittle. It's, it's, it's well, not making sense to me. Well, the, the the reason they're doing it is because it's it's going to be cheaper. They only have to pay them top the average of top five money. They don't have to pay them, and, and you know, extend them. They get them for a year, kind of see you know see what they do with it. Um, but it's it's the cheapest position to tag outside of uh, outside of kicker. Um, so you kind of have to you you kind of want to use one a year if you if you can 
in a, in a contract breakdown type of situation that's not like toxic. So I, I think we are going to see teams move towards tagging tight ends a little bit more. Um, a, because of what they mean in, in today's modern offense. Um, but B, just because it is so it's, – it's cost prohibitive to tag other positions. Um, you see the, the Jags having to tag Cam Robinson – the thing that sucks is he's probably that the tag money is probably going to be less than what the best free agent tackle Teron Armstead's going to get, um, and you know you, you you had to tag him just to because that that happens before free agency even really starts, um, so you have to make sure that you get him. You can resend a tag later, but uh, t- tight end makes a lot of sense to me, e- even though the 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 name might not be a top five tight end name, it's probably still cheaper than giving them a modern deal, which we've seen eclipse the best players in the game. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, we're, it, no, kind I'll of I'll at a point, it. It, it. it could cost more to get Dalton Schultz than it costs to get Travis Kelsey just due to the proximity of when Dalton Schultz is getting paid and when Travis Kelsey or George Kittle were getting paid. Yeah, it makes sense. And another move as we come down here toward uh, toward the late stages of our first quarter uh, here on the right hash, Mike Williams in Los Angeles, sneaky good receiver. I feel like nobody talks about him. And he was a guy who was, you know, Washington looking at him on the market. Lots of teams were looking at him on the market. And LA says, why the fuck would we let him hit the market? You know, like that was a good, that's like one of the, I'm looking at this list of moves. And that is like outside of Rogers resigning in Green Bay. That's like, the biggest no-brainer out of all of them. Am I, am I crazy for thinking that? No, I, I think you're absolutely in line. But I do want to point out, the reason I think it's a three-year contract is because of his injury history. Thankfully, we got to see basically a full year of Mike Williams last year, and we got to see how dominant he is. But going back to Clemson, when he ran to that goalpost and got knocked out for the rest of the season, and you know, he has had a season-ending injury every single season with the Chargers. That's that's the, the only part that made me raise my eyebrows was that it was the same amount of money that Devontae Adams is going to make on a, on a franchise tag this year. And they've committed to that for three years of a guy who has known injury history. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I question the move or that I'm against it. I really like the move. I, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that he's getting that much money. A little bit surprised. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, but it's, it's interesting that like the league can value certain players at large more or less than their individual team values them. Like you see such a big market for certain players and then they don't even sniff the market. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike Williams was one of those big, you know, almost snake in the grass type of, uh, free agents on everyone's list. Cause you didn't know what the Chargers were going to do. They're, they're going to have, you know, the the Justin Herbert contract don't know what they're doing with Keenan Allen um you know they they've got a got a decent amount of money they're going to either have already or going to have to sink into the defensive side of the ball you got Austin Eckler um you know that that there there's a lot going on there and it's not a ton of money but you just look at where the Packers are right now and i got to imagine that the Packers financials and the Chargers financials are going to be similar just because of what they're paying their two-star offensive players. Um, so I, 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 I kind of like the Chargers. They're one of the teams that I just I like to pull for. They're fun to watch right now. I'm not a Chargers fan. I'm just saying I like to watch the current Chargers. Um, 
I hope they can keep it together from a cap standpoint and not fall into this area where, you know, New Orleans and Green Bay are, where they're just so far in the hole that they just say, screw it, let's go further. Um, because I, I like watching them, and I don't want them to screw up uh, Justin Herbert's career because they can't pay to have talent around him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. They're a team with known front office issues kind of yeah. throughout their time in San Diego and still in Los Angeles. So, I mean, but at the same time, they did manage to have the same quarterback for the better part of a couple of decades. So, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see about about LA. Nonetheless, a a, a quarterback that never won a Super Bowl. There's the horn, and that means we got to go to the second quarter here on the right hash. Give us a follow at the right hash. Send us an email right hash at gmail.com or the right hash at gmail. And let us know if you want us to go in the grinder. We're going to go in the grinder for our third quarter um, after a little more football talk. And this is more uh, speculation on what we think uh, might happen or want to happen um, in free agency. And since I since I, I kind of took the first shot here in quarter number one, you're going to get the first shot here in quarter number two. We'll start start with, with the, the Jaguars, a place that needs upgrading that you've either seen them actively pursuing or would like to see them pursue in free agency oh uh wide receiver i don't know if there's a honestly i don't know if there's a more wide receiver needy team in the nfl than the jaguars um especially considering they did not tag dj chark um it looks like they're gonna let him hit free agency see what he wants to get um that it's it's where they have to upgrade it's not where i want them to upgrade it's where they have to upgrade there there is there's is no way around it the current rostered wide receivers are marvin jones jr jamal agnew and lavisca chanel's <laughs> jamal um, agnew man and, and he's, a be, good, he's a good player well the worst part is not, jamal agnew. But he's also but he's also not a good player if that makes sense no no you know uh, I mean? I, i'm I, i'll fight you there he's <laughs> a very good player I, I i disagree with you very very much so there <laughs> Um, he was by far and away Jacksonville's best wide receiver last year. There wasn't even a close second, um, especially in the way the NFL is run today. Watch out for Jamal Agnew. That guy has Tyreek Hill written all over him. And I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Tyreek Hill, but he does the same things Tyreek Hill does, and that's have ungodly speed that you just you, – you can't scheme around it as a defensive coordinator. We would have seen it more if Agnew hadn't got hurt towards the end of the season. Um, but he he was the best ad we made last year, and I'm we added Marvin Jones Jr. last year. Isn't he um, a converted defensive back? Agnew, converted, yeah, I think he's a converted yeah. defensive I mean, back. Really, he's just he's just been a punt returner. But yeah. we started to, we started to do the you know just the screen game, the end around game with him, and he scored touchdowns. He he turned into our best route runner, and that's not a good thing. I'm just saying he he is he is good. He is going to be in the picture even when we add wide receivers. We we need to add – if we keep Chark, we need to add one. If we let Chark roll, we have to add two and draft one. Um, <clears throat> Allen Robinson seems like the, the, the fit here to come back to Jacksonville. Um, and he, he has said he wants to play with a budding superstar um, quarterback. So it, that makes sense if the money makes sense. Uh, for, for where you go from there, it's, you know, Amari Cooper is one of the only guys really left on the free market. And then you've got Seattle who kind of, I guess, leaked yesterday or day before that 
they're opening the market on Tyler Lockett. Um, I don't I don't know what the Jags have that I'd be okay giving up for Tyler Lockett at this point. Uh, he's he's got he's got a little bit of age on him and he's coming off an injury. Um, wide receiver is where it's got to be for me. Where do you think your your team? You know the what well, we talked about them kind of using their cap money in this Wentz trade, but where do where do you see them needing to fill holes? Uh, linebacker for sure. Uh, as sure as you were of the Jaguars needing help at wide receiver, that's how sure I am we need help at linebacker. And we mentioned the Bobby Wagner move. Um, in the first quarter, here in the second quarter, it's on my wish list. And man, he would he would be a perfect person to bring in uh, for for helping our linebacking core. Even if he doesn't play the way you know, he, he play up to the level that he used to play. I mean, it's still the type of leadership and you know experience. And you know, Bobby Wagner at eighty percent of his you know best career level is still better than ninety percent of a lot of linebackers, You know, of most linebackers in the NFL. Uh, so I would really love to be able to figure out how to afford him. Um, other places where I think we, we need upgraded are tight end. I think we might look to the draft for tight end. Um, so, you know, those are play- those are players you can take in the draft and develop. I don't think we're going to spend big money on one in the off season, particularly with who got franchised. Um, but, uh, those are, I would say the two on each side of the ball, those are the two spots that need upgrades. Uh, I, I, we're gonna have we're gonna let Brandon Sheriff walk. Uh, I think it's pretty much already yep. decided. Um, yep. So you know, and that makes extending Eric Flowers and restructuring his deal a, a, a big deal, uh, a big priority. And then also, obviously, Terry McLaurin. It's for for at this point for Washington, they've gotten their big off off season splash. So what they need to do is figure out how to move money around and keep the people in house that they need to keep. Other than Bobby Wagner, who I really want to come in and help our defense. Yeah, get, getting Terry as long term as you can get him is going to be massive. Uh, he, he's he's the face of the franchise to me. I don't I don't know how you view it, but as someone on kind of the outside, he's the face of the franchise between him and Chase Young. Uh, that's that's kind of who I associate, and I, they need to do everything they can to make sure those guys are commanders for life. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that Bobby Wagner is going to be very interesting. Uh, I've heard a lot of smoke around him joining uh, Fred Warner in San Francisco, um, and that I mean, man, that that'd be that, really cool. That would be better, really cool. Better linebacking duo: Warner and Wagner, or Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman. Man, I, that's I just think that would be cool because they'd be playing in Seattle and playing against the Seahawks yeah. every two years, twice every yeah. year. Um, exactly. Stays stays pretty close to. Uh, I, he's built a home in Seattle, so it, at least he stays on the left coast. Yeah. If he does that, I, I think it's pretty telling that when Washington revealed their new name and uniforms, that Terry McLaurin was one of the players that was there, like modeling to be. uniforms. That, I mean that that has to that has to mean that they this has been kind of in talks like for a, for a while. You know, it's like it's like people. People think that Washington doesn't know how to do business as a normal sports franchise was would just because of Dan Snyder. But like, look, they have GMs that know how to negotiate contracts with star players. They're not that fucking behind in the times. Like Terry McLaurin's agent and our our front office have been talking for a long time. If Terry McLaurin is going to be one of the players out of two or three that's going to model the new uniforms along with Jonathan Allen, who was just signed to a big time extension, uh, like last off season. So 
I'm inclined to think that that deal is going to get done. Absolutely. It's just that they, they have to. Yeah. It's it's a requirement. And to go, to go along with your front office, uh, you, you boast, to, to me, one of the most level-headed, logical coaches in the entire NFL in Ron Rivera. Um, I, I, I like his demeanor. He never gets too up or too down. I feel like he's able to do things with a very clear head. Um, and you've seen the roster change a, a lot underneath him quickly. Uh, so I that that was almost the thing that made me just sit down and say, hey, man, just stop caring. Stop stop overreacting to the Wentz trade. If, if Rivera likes the guy and was part of the decision-making process to bring him in, Roll with it. Maybe yeah, maybe it works. Maybe I mean the absolutely. guy won an MVP in the last five years. Maybe it works. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. It's been a decent off season thus far, but kind of outside of our teams here in the second quarter. Have you read any rumors that have piqued your interest? Because you know I've I've kind of been been buried in basketball to be honest for for the last little last you know week and a half because of my work. So like. Has there anything that you've read and that's been jumped, you know, jumped out at you that'd be like, oh shit, that would be crazy if that happened, or oh, that makes a lot of sense? I know we kind of talked wide receivers last week, but that that market's gotten smaller now that Calvin Ridley uh, isn't going to be playing next season. You know, it, it's been really hard because I think the dust is just now settling from the big kerfuffle on Tuesday with the with the quarterbacks. Um, let me just recap what what I think are the top free agents on the market. Maybe maybe that will help the creative juices flow, but uh, top guy on the market to me is Teron Armstead, offensive tackle. Um, you got Marcus Williams, a safety. Von Miller is still a free agent. Uh, Tyran Matthews, a free agent. Carlton Davis, Brandon Sheriff, as you said. I'm already including him there. Uh, Allen Robinson, Randy Gregory, Chandler Jones, Jadavion Clowney. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a lot of talent, especially in the trenches right now in this free agent market. Um, it's all those guys are going to be pretty expensive. Um, haven't heard a whole lot of rumors around stuff. Obviously, Von Miller going back to Denver. He's posted on his Instagram already, kind of the uh, you know what's up, Russell Wilson type of thing. It's kind of assumed he's going back to Denver. Um, I've heard Chandler Jones's name thrown around in Jacksonville a lot since we added their um their defensive line coach as our defensive coordinator. Uh. He he's he also grew up a Jaguars fan and said he did want to play for the Jaguars before he retired. So um, in, interesting to see what happens with Chandler Jones. Uh, Carlton Davis is the big defensive back, really on the market. Uh, uh, cor- <laughs> cornerback. Uh, there's two two safeties. Uh, there's there's a there's a lot of defensive help out there right now. Uh, I just don't know where any of it falls, just because we haven't had much time to react hardly to what happened on Tuesday and see where everything's settled. And then, I mean, we, we're still a good month and a half away from the draft. Um, that, I think there's a lot that's going to have to happen. I don't think all these guys are going to get snapped up in the next week. I think there's going to be a lot. I think this is going to linger a little bit. You know, in terms of Carlton Davis, would you say it's not unusual for a cornerback of his caliber to get a big payday? Yeah, I, I, I would definitely, I would definitely say that. Um, I I don't even have have anywhere to go with that. You you Dang. said it perfectly. Yeah, I mean, I I just I hope I hope people get that. God, I really hope people get that. 
Uh, yeah. People's senses of humor are dying, and we're, we're just we're going to test our audience there with with that. One. If you if you don't get that, you're probably too young to be listening to the right hash. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, here late in the <laughs> second quarter, um, but boy, I, I'm I'm still really interested in the market surrounding Amari Cooper, um, mainly because he's been yeah. in my division, and I've had to hate him for the last few years, and now I ostensibly won't have to. Um, teams that I'm I'm interested to see upgrade. The teams that I'm interested to see upgrade are the teams that just miss out on the playoffs or went to the playoffs but didn't go anywhere. Because those are the teams that probably think they have the most upward mobility. So to me, watching the moves that teams like the Raiders make is going to be really interesting. Teams like the Chargers, you know, the the Eagles, you know, who played in the playoffs and got the shit kicked out of them, but still think that they have a future. Um, so Eagles particularly because they, um, they they are in my division. The Eagles are a team that have always seemed to pull like at least one surprise, ridiculous free agent move out of their asses every single year. Uh, and this year, I feel like it's going to happen on the offensive side of the ball. I feel like they're going to find a receiver that they can give uh, give help to Devontae Smith with and – Man, if that's God, if that's Amari Cooper, that'd be some mind blowing shit. I'm just gonna say, here on the right hash, that is the place to say it. Amari Cooper yeah. going to Philadelphia would be some mind blowing shit. It could it could happen. I saw like one of the PFF uh, photoshops with him in uh, Eagles jersey today, as well as a uh, Dolphins jersey. So it, it it's what it sounds like is they're just picking places that have Alabama quarterbacks and saying Amari Cooper is going there. Um, I, I'm interested to see what he does as well. Uh, you were mentioning teams that were teams, seeing what they do. Uh, you you guys transacted with the team that I'm going to say there, and that's the Colts. They are, in my mind, legitimately a quarterback away from just being Super Bowl contenders. Um, it. I don't know why they didn't make a move for for a big one. Like I could have seen them making a similar trade with Denver or uh, with Seattle that Denver did, and uh, maybe being able to give them more assets and get Russell Wilson over there. It's there's just not a lot left. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo maybe makes that team work okay. Kirk Cousins does, but he's going to cost an ass load of money. And uh, I mean, I, I've even heard that they might roll out for Mitch Trubisky. I've heard that there's a lot of <laughs> you, you, you laugh, but there's a lot of league wide respect and interest. Oh, I know, I know, but it just deals. it does blow my mind that you can just not start for a year and there's still a league wide market for you. In, in a way, I mean, though, maybe in a way though, isn't that better for some quarterbacks? You know? Yeah, I mean, it, it washes. It kind of let the stink roll off of Mitch Trubisky. It kind of let the jokes. You know, obviously they're still there. Look at your reaction to it, but um, you know, I, I I don't think I don't think he needs. To, he should be in the Carson Wentz bubble. If Carson Wentz is getting another chance, Trubisky should get another chance. And yeah, what Wentz is on his third life right now. I'm I, what happened in Indianapolis last year. People can tell me left, right, and center. Twenty-seven touchdowns, seven. And he lost to Jacksonville in yeah. Jacksonville. With what I was told by many people, and I was told I was an idiot for think for thinking otherwise, with the best running back in football next to him, the best offensive line in football, good wide receivers, and a stout defense, motherfucker couldn't beat Jacksonville. 
anyway, sorry, that's still in my crawl a little bit. Um, he, he, he fits the same mold to me. Like, he, he is a, a walking meme that is probably better than we give him credit for. I don't think he's as good as NFL teams are giving him credit for, though. And I say the same thing about Carson Wentz and Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I definitely agree. As we have reached halftime here on The Right Hash, our new show format, Four Quarters, Halftime. As we have, do you have any random, random quick halftime thoughts? Doesn't have to be about sports. Just, just like quick, quick. Anything food wise? You eat any good foods lately? Anything? Uh, any, any quick halftime show here before we go to the third quarter? Thank our sponsors real quick. Um, I'm throwing you a loop here. I'm just on the fly. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have anything particularly. I've been enjoying. We're not going to talk about it this this show, so I'll t- throw it out there. College baseball is something you should all be watching. Definitely, definitely. And that has been your halftime show on the right hash. We'd like to thank our halftime sponsors, our sponsors of the whole show, really. Speedy Custom Sneakers uh, and Slim Sweets, both hey, independently owned businesses. Yes, Alex. Hey, Luke, we, 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 might, have to, we might have to cut the grinder for uh, a breaking news. There is breaking news. I think it's, if it's the breaking news that, uh, that you and I are... That I just read about. Yeah, I mean, a certain it, it, sport. It has to do with the sport that plays way too many games. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I think I know what it is. Yeah. So according to reports, this is live three thirty eight p.m. on this is literally Thursday, happening on Thursday, March tenth. We're in the middle of recording this. We were going to do a, a grinder about does blind resume comparison make sense? Is is it valid or not? But. Uh, it seems like we, we're just getting reports in. I'm seeing Yahoo Sports reporting it, but uh, we're going to have baseball in 2022. Um, yeah, and this is our third. This is going to be our third quarter now as we kick off the second half of the show here on the Right Hash. Wow, this is a first here on the on this show. I'm I'm my mind is freaking out right now. This is awesome. The 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 best part is we're going to start opening day April 7th, and they're going to play the full 162 games. So Manfred talking about canceling series. Sorry, okay, you didn't cancel series. You just delayed them. They're going to be made up via doubleheaders, which is good for everybody. Doubleheaders are fun to watch. Um, but yeah, we're going to have baseball in April as regularly scheduled programming. You hate them if you're a manager. Uh, but to be clear, though, to be clear, this is the opening day is still going to be now, what, the 14th? All, those two series that weren't due for the first two weeks will still not be played the first two weeks. Those yes. will all be pushed to other dates in this. Okay, I understand now. Good, good. That's that's good. I am gonna. I was gonna be in. in I, I am gonna be in South Florida uh, when the Braves were supposed to be there at Marlins Park, uh, but I guess that won't be happening still. But I'm glad for the greater good that this is happening. And uh, we will just say we don't know. We don't. We're not. We're not super experts on the terms of of what's happening. We're kind of figuring it out as you are. Uh, which in a way is really exciting here on this uh, on this third quarter of the right hash. Um, but man, this this opens up new possibilities. And actually, I just got sent a meme, and you're probably not going to like this. It's it's the you know it's the, it's the black guy making like a happy face, and he's like MLB is back, and then he's making like the scared face, and it's like Freddie Freeman free agent speculation is back. Yeah, it that that part <laughs> sucks. As as long as we didn't have baseball, Freddie was still a brave, but. You know, unfortunately, I just think the writing's on the wall there. You know, I 
I don't blame Freddie it, for, for for chasing some extra money, but like, dude, I, I at the same time I just don't understand it. How much more, uh, you know? What what's what's it gonna do for you? Why not just stay where your family lives, where your kid lives right now and is growing up? I don't know. It chances are he's either going to New York or or Los Angeles. So, um, hope hopefully the Braves just step up and say, "Screw it, we're gonna give you." a little bit more than we should uh, first off brady deserves a little bit more than his market value just for what he had to put up with from 2013 until he won a world series the dude deserves back pay so uh, on on one hand I, i'm there with it on the other hand it's like we, we, we've made smart roster moves we have done a lot of money ball shit gotten a lot of good guys on value there's alternatives in the first base market that are probably not huge drop-offs to Freddie Freeman. Um, and the the deal that Freddie Freeman wants is going to be coming due, if not overlap a little bit with our new deals, at the, what are going to be at the time for Acuna, Albies, probably Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson potentially, uh, uh, Max Freed, Mike Soroka. Like, we're going to have a lot of guys we got to pay in the next five years. So I under, I understand it. It just it just kind of sucks because he's been the one guy that has kind of kept Braves country sane for the last decade, and it just writing's on the wall there. I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, I'm looking up the terms of the deal now. Um, getting this from the AP News website of all of all sources that the world being the way it is right now. I'm reading an AP article about the baseball baseball lockout. Um, Beautiful. MLB raised its luxury tax threshold proposal to 230 million earlier this week in its final year of 2026 to 244 million on Thursday. Um, the proposal on this year's minimum salary at 700,000, 10,000 less than players, and raised its 2026 minimum by 10,000 to 780,000 matching the players. So it sounds like the players got the league minimum salary raised a little bit. Um, pre-arbitration bonus pool goes from 40 million to 50 million. The players wanted it at 65 million. They they met in the middle there, um, but a little bit closer to where the owners wanted. Um, but I wonder how much of this was driven by people. Finally, you know, how, was MLB pressured by people, just general people, being like players and non-players, being like, "Hurry up and get a fucking deal done. This is stupid." Major League Baseball got the screws put to them by some of their big stars. I saw Mike Trout tweet about it, and uh, Mike Trout doesn't talk, ever. <laughs> like, in the history of being in the Angels, I don't remember seeing a tweet from Mike Trout. And he he, he spoke up about this. And then last night, we had uh, Max Scherzer send out a tweet basically saying, baseball is lying to you guys about what the issues are, about what the standoffs are. And I don't think it's any coincidence that Pretty, pretty immediately after Max Scherzer's tweet, they decided that they're going to go back and meet, and now they have an agreeable-to-both-parties uh, deal, including playoff expansion to 12 teams, which is which was a big sticking point for some. Um, I, I believe that this CBA, for everyone out there, is going to include sh the ban of the shift, bigger bases, um, and like I said, expansion uh, for the playoffs to 12 teams beginning this season. Uh, spring training games are going to start March 17th. Uh, report dates are March 11th voluntarily, March 13th mandatory. 
Uh, again, opening day moves to April 7th, and a full 162-game schedule will be played. Uh, it's going to end at the same time, and they're going to make up for the ones that have been postponed up to this point by playing double headers. Um, and the National League is adopting the designated hitter rule. So we've yeah. got, got the three big, you know, kind of things that Major League Baseball wanted was basically just a way to to have more offense. If it, if what the amount of runs we're scoring now wasn't enough, Major League Baseball wants more. Yeah, and and I do understand that adding the DH that adds jobs to National League teams. You know that adds adds uh, you know a, a raw you know players that can be on a roster um, increases money you know salary whatever. Um, <clears throat> but I also think that. Now you no longer have any uh, distinction between the American and the National League, which is one of the, I think, cool things about baseball is that that distinction actually meant something. Uh, I, I guess that's not as big to others as as uh, as it is it was to me, but that's maybe because I'm a, I'm maybe a 70 year old baseball fan at heart. Um, but I definitely rather have that uh, than no baseball. Um, I, I do I do want to say I do want to say that like making the game they, they're. MLB's objective was to quote unquote make the game more exciting, which just means to make the game higher scoring. And the bigger bases is interesting because there's a safety element to it um, with ankle and foot injuries. And then there's also, it makes stealing bases easier. Yeah, it's there's going to be some player safety to it. Um, I've never liked the designated hitter personally, but the thing that I hated the most about it is that mm -hmm. in a game that is quote unquote the most traditional. They had different rules for different parts of the game. Like, that, it made no sense to me how you can have half of your league playing one way, half of your league playing the other, but you be this quote-unquote based on tradition league. It made no sense to me. It still doesn't make any sense, a lot of the changes they're making, if they want to be quote-unquote pure to the league. You can't bat flip, but we can make the bases eight feet wide. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but it. Anyway, it was cool to catch that break. I think that might be the first real breaking news we've caught in the. I was going to say a show. I was going to say, did we break news on the right hash? We need to find, come up with this, a term for that too. Shit. If, if you post this quick enough, <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to. I'm going to try to get it done before I go to work. Work for uh, the Baylor Baylor Sports Network tonight in the Big Twelve tournament. I mean, that's the end of the third quarter here on the right hash as we move into the fourth quarter. In our new show format, we hope you enjoy it. Give us some feedback uh, when you listen. Give us a, a follow on Twitter at the right hash. And it's March. We mentioned it at the top. Uh, best time of the year. One of the best times of the year. We'd be remiss if we didn't do a little bit of bubble talk. Who's in? Who's out? Just kind of general observations uh, coming up. And we do want to plug here. We're sorry we didn't do this earlier, but we are going to have another show in a few days. It's going to be the Selection Sunday special. We're going to react to all the brackets, we're going to sit down and record as soon as the brackets are out. We're going to go until we don't feel like doing it anymore, and then you're going to listen to our NCAA tournament field reactions and hopefully not listen to us, or at least not listen to Alex if his bull picks are any, uh, any um, indication. Uh, so we're going to have a March Madness uh, pick them. We'll give you some more information on that. Uh, but for now, we need to get to who's going to be in the March Madness field here on the fourth quarter in the right hash. And, Alex, great game in the SEC earlier today. I, I know uh, we probably shouldn't have gone to overtime, but it did go to overtime, ended on a buzzer beater. And Texas A&M and Florida, two teams really playing for their seasons. Both of these teams were bubble teams coming in that we mentioned. And 
well, one of them helped themselves a lot more than the other. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm kind of at this point, I just don't see it being feasible for either one of them to make it. Uh, Florida de- definitely just got dealt the the death blow. Texas A&M hangs on for another, another day. I don't think this one, I don't think this win does anything for them in the grand scheme of things. Um, I think they're going to have to win next round, maybe around above even make it in considering, I mean, just as Lenardi has it, they are the last team on the next four outline. So literally the last team he mentions with a potential to make it. Um, there's there's seven teams ahead of them. Of course, Florida's going to drop. You figure there's going to be some drop. But you also have to remember there are going to be bid thieves this time of year. That that, yes. that last, yes, the last four in is going to shrink. It, it, it is not going to be the last four that you see now. The last four in are probably going to move to being the first four out just because of how the bid thievery works. Um, it man, this is this is such a fun time of year. All the all the theory crafting and what ifs. Uh, there's not more what ifs in any sport anywhere than with March Madness, except for Major League Baseball CBAs. Yeah, and it's really awesome, and it's worth mentioning that some of these. Pl- Teams on the bubble are also potential bid thieves, like Virginia Tech, for example. They're in the next four out. Virginia is in the first four out. Um, you know, by the time you listen to this show, possibly, you know, though they might be out of the, the, the ACC tournament, one or both of them. Um, but Virginia, you know, each each needs to win and the other to lose. They split the regular season series. Um, so Michigan and Indiana played a great game today. Um, I believe Indiana won the yeah Indiana won the game, uh, but yep. you know Lenar, I think he updates this. You know, does he update this like multiple times daily, or you know just once every morning? Because he's still got I, Michigan as the last four buys, Indiana on the first four out. Yeah, so that this was this was his pregame uh, one. I'm sure he'll do one tonight. I don't know if he's going to have one in the middle of the day. I know he'll do one tonight, kind of as his post game, and then he'll still update in the morning because there's going to be West coast basketball that he has to account for. Um, So I I think he does like two or three per day. So yeah, the one we're looking at is not updated for the results as of this point at almost four o'clock here on Thursday. Um, But what we do know, uh, Florida has lost likely ending their season. Uh, Michigan lost, not likely ending their season, but uh, it's a high possibility it ended their season. Indiana probably still has to win another game to feel comfortable about being in. They, they could make it in if some crazy stuff happens, but just uh, I'm looking at where Lenardi has Wake Forest in the last four in, and they and they're done. They got no oh, man. Already. Oh so, man, that's a team that that is probably the worst loss, single loss of a conference tournament team this year that was on the bubble. That that is just. So damaging to, to to Wake Forest and Steve Forbes, who's we who we love on this show, who who, who won the ACC Coach of the Year, and you just would have loved to see him in the field, and that is now only a remote possibility. Well, once Coach K is retired, I am putting my stamp down that Steve Forbes is the best coach in the ACC, and people can fight me for it, but I'm putting the stamp down. Um, I, I I still think they should make it in. A 23-win team in the ACC. I know See, it's I a do bad too. ACC. But I do, too. The, the thing that's holding them back is how bad the ACC was. They were 1-4 in four 
in, in their quad one attempts. They only had five quad one games this entire season, which is unheard of in the ACC. Normally that's eight, 10, 12, 15 games that you're playing quad one. They played five and they lost four of them. Um, so what, when you're when you're doing the we didn't get to do the, the grinder, but when you're doing a blind resume comparison, their their RPI, their net rankings are in like the 43, 45 range. It's good, but they don't have the the wins on their resume to match up with some of these other teams like a Notre Dame, like an Indiana now, um, like like Virginia Tech and Virginia could earn tonight. That they don't they just don't have those wins. They they have one. One quad one win in the yeah. ACC all year, and, and it's and that's like that's what the metrics have changed with how they look at and evaluate potential tournament teams. You know, yeah, no more is the RPI where if you know if Wake Forest was like this under the old system, they probably would be a lock for the field. Yeah. You know now, and 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 that, I think that partially is a reason why the perception of the ACC is down this year is what it is because under the metrics looked at for NCAA tournament selection. Yes, the ACC is down. You know, there's other people who look at it in other ways and say, no, yes, maybe so. Uh, but other teams that are that are, are on the bubble, Wyoming, who plays um, plays UNLV today, Xavier, who plays – actually, who doesn't play because they lost uh, to to Butler in the first round of the Big, T- Big East tournament. Uh, no, his Notre Dame is – the last four buys, yeah, I just I don't see how a team that finishes second in the ACC, even though they're down, that we we talked about that, still still doesn't you know doesn't make the ACC or make the NCAA tournament. Um, but but here's the thing about a bubble team: if you're a fan of a bubble team like I am in Virginia, you need every possible other bubble team to lose. Just period, period. You need you need as many of those teams to lose as possible. And in the case of Florida versus Texas A and M, neither team really helped themselves. Like you said, you know, neither team really, in the grand scheme of things, did that much of a favor. So teams that play later kind of have that advantage of, of a chance to one up the other team, so to speak. Well, and you know, to to me, the ACC almost feels like you know, in the old cartoons where they would start to run and it would just be there. They would just make like this wheel motion with their legs <laughs> go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of what the ACC feels like. Cause they need each other to do better to increase their quality of wins. But all it's going to do is just knock down another bubble team. That's trying to go up. So I, I almost feel like if these four teams don't, that they're, they either all make it in or don't make it in uh, almost. I, I know that's not how it's going to, going to turn out, but. Virginia needs Virginia Tech, wait, you know, and Notre Dame to win, so their games look a little bit better that they played against them. But they also need them to lose, so they have a chance to win in the ACC tournament. It, it's it's a weird kind of catch twenty two situation the ACC is in right now because it's fighting against itself to make itself look good. Yeah, and and here's the thing. Here's the million dollar question before I like make official statements on who I think is in, who I think is out. I think it's going to come down to does the committee value conference? How much does the committee value the perception of your conference? That's going to be one of the keys to selection. Because if it if it sees certain conferences as higher or lower than others, then yeah, we're going to see a lot of these ACC teams get left out. If it kind of blurs conference lines when looking at this stuff, then I think we're going to see 
one or two of these teams get in that we didn't think was going to get in. Yeah, and I mean, there's still a lot of there's a lot of mid-major, lower conferences that still have to play too. American East, uh, Big East, Big Sky, Big West, CUSA, uh, the MAAC, Mid American, the MEAC, uh, Mountain West, Southland, SWAC, WAC, American Athletic, yeah. Atlantic SWAC. Ten, Ivy League, like all all those uh, get an automatic bid. And I guarantee you, there's going to be two or three bid thieves in that in that group. Um, man, it, it is just it's, it's one of the most competitive. You know, it, it's not the, one of the most controversial bubbles I've seen, but it's certainly one of the most competitive. Like from Michigan being the top one in the last four buys down to Texas A&M being the next four out, you can make a case for literally any of the sixteen teams there to be in the field. All of them have have. Yeah. have I've put together a resume that, you know, five years ago would have been an automatic you're in. And now it's, it's just not like that. The mid major landscape is so much better. Um, and you know, the, the sec getting better, the, the big 12 getting even better, you know, you're starting to see the sec have six, seven, eight teams in, and this, this shoves bubble teams down just another rung or two, just enough to where you're missing the tournament because conferences are getting better. Yeah, metrics changing too, and you kind of feel like all that stuff is interrelated. But anyway, as we come down here toward the end of the fourth quarter on the right hash, I'm going to say out of the SEC, both Texas A&M and Florida are out as of this moment. I'm going to say out of the ACC teams, out of the ACC teams on this list, Wake Forest is out. Notre Dame is in, and Virginia and Virginia Tech are both out. And I think Michigan still slips in there somehow. And Indiana? And Indiana, I think they let Indiana in too. I'm going to go, I'm going to say the Hoosiers are in. Okay. Um, I'll go, I'll go in reverse. This is rapid fire. This is rapid fire. Yeah. This is kind of gut, go with your gut here. I'll go in reverse order. Um, Indiana in. Michigan out. Ooh, Notre Dame in, Wake Forest in. I can't make a call on Virginia Tech or Virginia because I legitimately think both are in if they win tonight, both are out if they lose tonight. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, And then Florida's out. A&M is in the same boat with Virginia Virginia Tech. They're in if they win their next game. They're out if they don't. Yeah. That's that's where I am with just that that kind of segment of bubble teams we've chosen. And that is how you work in a last-minute Slim Sweets Indies of the Week into <laughs> the right hash. Man, what a, what a great jam-packed, shorter episode today for the, for the weekday. But, but glad, I'm glad we got that new – we've been talking about this new format for a couple of weeks, so I'm glad we finally got to put it into motion. I think it, I think it worked, worked decently. I, I, had a, I had a combine-related surprise indie joke that I didn't get around to today. Oh, bummer, bummer. But but it, it's okay. It has to come up naturally for it to be good. It does, just like the Carlton Davis joke. Yeah, it, like it, it has to Davis happen naturally. On the, on, the, on the right hash. But anyway, thanks for joining me this afternoon, working into my busy schedule as I, uh, as conference tournaments continue. I know things are always busy for you working in the, the software world, uh, yeah, being I mean, in the li- 21st century. So anytime we can do the right hash on a weekday is great. Literally on my lunch break right now. So. <laughs> 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 well, there you have it. That is the end of the first, fourth quarter and the end of 
episode number 20 of the right hash big two. Uh, don't forget to tune in next Sunday. Well, this coming Sunday, really, we'll have that up Sunday evening, uh, probably pretty late in the evening because we're the selection shows at six o'clock Eastern and we'll be talking for a little while, but check that out Sunday night, Monday morning, check this show out, check our last show out, check them all out as giving us a follow on Twitter at the right hash would be a cool move to um, be on the lookout. Yeah. Be on the lookout for a right hash uh, bracket pool. Uh, yeah. coming soon it, at the very latest by our Sunday show we'll have one but I think they're making them available so I'll, I'll throw that on the Twitter if we get one set up before the Sunday show yeah stay 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 locked into the Twitter we'll have our all our updates there uh, we'll, we'll we'll do a good job of of uh, st- shooting stuff out uh, related to that as it comes uh, so really glad we could we could make this happen here on the right hash and really happy that baseball is joining us once again that calls for some celebratory outro music as we say goodbye and we will talk to you on Sunday on the right hash.